listen to mymind.com, you might not go to hell. Mind of Man, Mind of God, number 55. It's September 9th, 2007. The 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time. Hi, Dave. God help us. God help us all. God help us everyone. <laughs> yeah, I think we should start the show like that. Really? Well, I think it should be God help our listeners. <laughs> God bless them and God help them. God, God help us all, yeah. God help us all. Oh, I'm fine. I'm good. I went to a party yesterday out in the country. It was beautiful. and kind of a barbecue. Great. Really? You know, it's nice down here. It's really nice. It's sort of just kind of all that hot stuff is done and getting to the good part of being in Tucson. Really? Oh, that's good. We're still a little hot here. Are you? It's supposed to calm down, but it hasn't yet. So. Okay, everyone. There's our weather report. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so... So, 23rd Sunday, Ordinary Time, here we are. What's what's happening? Okay, I was looking at the readings, and here's what I think. I couldn't really discern a really strong theme, but, the you know, the one I came up with was God's will and listening to God's will as a theme. Hmm. What do you think of that? Um, uh, let me scroll this page up and down and think about it. Kind of. It's well. I, in the first reading, what what I had in there, I thought was interesting. I thought it was a very poetic reading, and I like some of the lines in there. For instance, I like this line: "For the deliberations of mortals are timid and unsure are our plans. Uh, for the corruptible body burns the soul, and the earthen shelter weighs down the mind that has many concerns." That's real poetry there. Yeah. Here's what here's what hit me on that one. Okay. The second line. Who can conceive what the Lord intends? Absolutely. I'm like, I'm going, I don't know. <laughs> but Nobody can. Right. So, so, which to me, and then I was kind of looking at the, the last reading. You know, that second reading is always kind of a wild card. I'm not really sure. It is kind of. It doesn't necessarily fit. It doesn't necessarily fit. But the last reading was all about giving up all your worldly possessions, letting go, hating your mother and father and brothers and sisters if you don't already, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was kind of radical, I thought. Yeah, it's so radical, but it's also about, I think to some extent it's, it's, it's in that theme of God's will, because you have to give up all this stuff in order to, i.e., take up your cross or, or, or follow Jesus, follow the Word, follow Spirit. Um and that last line in that in the gospel, any one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. The only the only thing I was thinking about, I always of course see the dark side of stuff, and and I'm always aware of how jerks pervert this stuff, and you know that's that's been perverted like crazy with people, you know these saying give evangelists me all, like yeah, well, give, give me up all your possessions because uh, so in the gospel, you know. Yeah. So you should renounce all your possessions and give them to me. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It, yeah, it sort of adds a little thing to that whole renounce your possession idea. Then so we'll put a little spin on this. You know, we're doing just what Jesus told you to do and give it to me. You know? Well. But, anyways, God's will. Well, see, yeah, I, I'm looking at this going, you say that to me and I go, well, it's always about God's will versus my will in in general, mm -hmm. you know. And 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 when I look at this, 
gospel reading, and and there's all I mean that hating your mother and father, that kind of goes with that last thing you were saying. Renounce all your possessions. Right. You, know, you don't possess your mother and father, but the point is the stuff that you're holding on to is this is what you know is going to save me. No, <laughs> you have to say I. It's not these things that I have, or the people I have. It's gonna be taking up my cross, right? Doing what God wants me to do. So in your mind, it's almost a, a question of salvation. Like, what is what is the source of salvation? It's not your physical possessions, your emotional possessions. It, it's more of a, looking at this gospel reading, this sounds to me like it's a call for commitment. Mm-hmm. I mean, this whole thing about, you know, if you look at going into battle and see if you can win or not, and then the the if I want to construct a tower, figure out how much it costs. So he's saying, this is what I'm asking you to do. You're going to commit. You need to go for it. And when you're going for it, I don't want some half-assed effort. <laughs> We're going for it or don't bother, you know? Or just go back and have a beer. Yeah, or, you know, go back, you know, with your <laughs> brothers and sisters and throw down some cold ones and, you know, don't, <laughs> I don't know. And does that relate, does, does that concept uh, apply to the first reading as well, would you say? I don't know. But because that kind of has the, more to do with your own plans, I think. Yeah, well, it does, it's that same thing, the corruptible body burdens the soul. Mm-hmm. It's that same, give up what you have here and take on what I'm giving you mm-hmm. which is you go well, if I give up what I have here then I'm screwed yeah if I give up what I have here what do I have nothing. I got nothing well that's that's what people think yes well we all think at times I got to hold exactly. on whatever it is I have or think I have so of course that does bring up that point of, of what we where we put security what we what we think security is um and what's going to nourish us, what's going to keep us. And all that stuff is, you know, it, it isn't like it's not good stuff, your family and your brothers. I mean, I certainly get a lot of nourishment and, uh, you know, from my sisters. Support and, and stuff? Huh? Support. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't know, you know, I mean, that... I, I could see why this is a very radical idea because anyone just reading this would say, hey, I, I like my brothers and sisters. I like them. I'm not going to hate them. Yeah, why should I hate them? Yeah. But why do you think Why do you think he talks that way? Why do you think he puts it in such dark terms? Um, he's tired and wants to go home and trying to get rid of the people? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I think he's just trying to say that, you know, the your normal commitment of all right well i'll join up and come to the meetings if i don't have something else to do isn't going to work <laughs> when i'm signing up for the kingdom right you know so that's just not going to work here if that's what you're going to do don't do it yeah yeah i it's it's symbolic language yeah of course i like it when you look at that but then <laughs> When you sign up for it, it's a roller coaster. Actually, that thought occurred to me yesterday. Yeah. I, went, I went to Kentucky Kingdom, which is Six Flags thing, with the kids in Louisville, and and 
I hadn't been to one of those places in, I don't know, forever. But we got, it was Catholic Youth Day there or something, and we got tickets, and I went, and, and, and I actually went on some of these big roller coasters yeah. that flip you upside down and bang you around. <laughs> and after a couple of them, I went, I've had enough of this. But as I was on the one of them, I think it was the T2, yeah. where your feet are hanging off and they're spinning you around upside down, I kind of, that thought occurred to me of, wow, you know, I'm hooking up, God says, do this, you go, okay, and it's a roller coaster ride. <laughs> you don't know what to expect, and, and you go, I signed up for this. <laughs> so. Roller coasters are exciting, though, huh? Yeah, I guess. You know, I went on because, uh, you know, Mike and Roger were like, oh, we got to go do these roller coasters. Yeah. And I was like, well, I, you know, I never hated them before, but I might be getting too old to be thrown around like that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but. There was a scene in a movie, Cousins, from a long time ago, where it, the couple is trying to figure something out, and the the grandmother comes in and says, you know, when I went to the carnival, I always liked the roller coasters because you know, some people like the merry-go-round, but, you know, where's the fun in that? And then then so she walks out of the room, and then they have a moment together, and they say, oh, isn't she wise, you know? Isn't she she's very smart about life? And, and then they look out the window and say, yeah, that's true, but she just, she just got into the neighbor's car. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever. Anyways, um So do you think this is relevant to foosball at all, then? Really? Is it foosball? We didn't even talk about that middle reading, that crazy middle reading, oh, though. We can do that. Dave, we could talk still we could still talk about foosball and then do that, you know. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, uh foosball. Yes, of course. Um What are you signing up for when you sign up for the foosball? What yeah. what are you really signing up for? And what do I have to give up? What do you have to give up? Do I have to really commit to it like this? You have to give up your own plans of how it's going to go sometimes. You think? You have to You have to deal with what you're facing and not your own idea of how you want things to go. Because when you're facing an opponent, you've got to adjust and adapt and change and grow and do something different. Yeah, it does have more to do with the second thing of where I'm marching into battle and I'm going to assess the other team. Absolutely. <laughs> and say, you know, if they're so much better than I, than I am, maybe I'll just decide to have fun this game because I know I'm not going to win. <laughs> or you have to, or you have you have to bring out your your most carefully wrought psychological strategies. Yeah. Oh yes, like you know, distracting them and and joking and whatever you know. Something. It's psychological. It's not just you no know, physical. It's you know, you got to read your opponent. Things, I guess so. You know, win however you can at all costs. That's what it's about. <laughs> well, that's good that that's what the readings are teaching us today, then, Dave. All right, so back to Paul, then. He's an old man. He's a prisoner for Christ. Who's this on? on a, I don't know. I don't get it. So, So he's just saying, well, listen to this guy because I can't come out because I'm locked up. Exactly. He was in jail, and he said, oh, I hooked up with this guy. I'm sending him to you, so, yeah. So you should listen to him. Yeah, listen to him. He's cool. Yeah, I want to, why is that important for us to know? Why would this be something that we would need to think about? Well, Dave, part of the middle readings is you get to read all the epistles during the course of the cycle. Okay. So you're reading Philemon this week, which is, I don't know. 
But this must have been important to somebody to record I guess they it. Picked it out of that because we're on what chapter nine or something. Yeah, yeah. And you go, or maybe there's only one chapter in that book. I don't know. As I recall, it's not very long. But. All right. Well, th- this one's a mystery, folks. Not sure why it's there, other than maybe, you know, if somebody says listen to somebody, you should listen to them. Yeah, it's it's about getting witnesses, you know. Getting witnesses. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Witnesses are important. Because Paul is, you know, saying, "Hey, this guy, I'm stamp giving a my stamp approved to this guy." Right. So. Okay. Which you know sometimes you need to do. Yes, you do. You need to get witnesses. Or. or no sex for you. <laughs> you need to get witnesses or... No sex for you. No sex for you. Because uh, you don't have kind of references and people saying good things about you. Or, or an annulment. Or an annulment, for instance. <laughs> annulment. Now, that's interesting. So why do you happen to bring that subject up, Ryan? No reason. Oh. <laughs> well... Well, you know, Dave, I'm kind of Catholic. Yeah, you are. You're a lot more Catholic than I am. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, so annulment, yeah, it's important to. Well, anyways, just in general terms, we were kind of talking today about God's will, and then your idea was commitment, commitment, or no sex for you, right? Yeah. Commitment leads to sex. Really? Well, that's what we're talking about, right? If I you, guess. Well, I mean, on a real basic level, you, you know, the whole deal. Well, you're not supposed to have sex till you get married. Blah blah blah. You right, know? and that's the thing. If you, if you're you know, trying to hook up with some, you know, hot Catholic girl, uh-huh. and you don't have an element, you can't get married, so you just no sex for you. <laughs> yeah, no sex for you. So, exactly. So, our point here today is commitment is very important in order that you don't have to deal with the no sex for you. <laughs> so, commitment to the person, commitment to their growth, commitment to what, whatever. Uh, you know, being committed to a mental institution, you know, <laughs> commitment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess it's time, right? Why not? All right, so hold on here, just a moment. This is where we need that music to go. Yeah, we're working on that, Dave. Yeah, well, I got to get the next piece of music. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so you can put that in over this. Oh, what? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Okay. So, here's what I want to say in conclusion. Many people have detailed plans for their lives, like a blueprint that needs to be followed in the minute detail. This is from Discerning God's Will by Steve Garali. Though God does have a wonderful plan for our lives, we don't always understand it fully, and that's okay. It saddens me to know that there are folks who believe that their lives will be less than fulfilling if they don't understand the celestial blueprint. Have you ever seen a blueprint? It's a complicated piece of work. It takes a degree to understand. A blueprint mentality also brings the incredible fear of failure. If a blueprint is misread, the entire scheme can be compromised. That means the building will have potentially fatal flaws, dangerously unsafe conditions, and the potential to crumble at some unexpected date. Well, that sounds about right. Uh, we become afraid of getting the plan wrong, obsessed with focusing on what we should do rather than on the God who designed the plan in the first place. Let's not forget that God's agenda is one of grace, which makes mistakes correctable. The blueprint approach to God's will 
induces anxiety. A lot of energy is expended overanalyzing decisions and worrying about screwing up the plan. Without us realizing it, the approach manipulates us into trusting our own knowledge, skills, and talents instead of letting that trust rest in God where it belongs. Amen. Amen. So have a good day out there, folks, and um, be careful out there. <laughs> All right. We're out. You can make it. Shoot it. Momog.com.